It's Song Talk Radio with Michael, Neil, Phil, and the gang. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Song Talk Radio, the show about songwriters talking to other songwriters about the craft of songwriting, wherein we share tips, tools, and techniques, and together we all become way better at writing songs. And it works. We guaranteed or your money back. Your money back. <laughs> Uh, I'm your host, Mike Proudfoot, and with me are the other members of the Song Talk Radio Action Team, my co-hosts, Phil Emery on the East Coast. Hello, Presently Phil. Presently accounted for. And an hour and a half ahead of us. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, the future is amazing. And in the center of the universe, Neil Modi. Hello, Neil. Hello. I, I, can I get my money back? Uh, no. <laughs> Not <laughs> But at we all. appreciate everything that you've invested. <laughs> During this show, please feel free to send your comments and questions to at SongTalkRadio on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, or you could email us at feedback at songtalk.ca, and we will share your comments with the rest of the audience. And you can visit us at songtalk.ca to find out how you might be a guest on the show. Tonight, wait, before we get into it, uh, we have a few little items uh, of interest. Uh, some uh, former guests and friends of the show have been doing interesting and fun stuff. Uh, our good friends and sometimes uh, sometimes guest and sometimes guest co-host, Frank Horvat, uh, had the honor of having one of his p- uh, compositions included in the 2022 piano syllabus of the Royal Conservatory of Music for, for this year. So that's pretty special. Oh, cool. Congrats, wow. Frank. Yeah, so Congratulations. I'm very impressed. He's had a lot of, he's also had, it, uh, I think, his uh, songs for isolation, which is not exactly what it's called, but what he wrote during COVID, uh, mm-hmm. being performed a lot. So he's doing quite well. We're all very proud of Mr. Horvath. Yeah, and he's prolific, other, that guy. He is. It's, it's like he's a professional musician or something. You think, eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, also, another guest, uh, let me see, uh, Neil. You had someone else, right? Yeah. So the um, our our guest uh, from a while back, uh, still during the pandemic, uh, uh, Kurt Diamond, who's a Brampton-based um, reggae artist, uh, is currently nominated for the 2022 Reggae Recording of the Year for the Junos um, for uh, his song "Too Rough" with Finn. So congratulations yeah, to congrats, um, Kurt. Kurt Diamond. He's he's won Junos before um, in in the past, so he's he's up again and. Um, we wish him good luck. So he knows what way is up. Excellent. Yeah, that was great. He was a great. He was a great guest. He was. A, he was a really cool guest. I definitely recommend checking out that episode. And to be honest, our our one and only reggae artist that we've had on the show is that right, Phil? We've had a couple, but we haven't had, we've many. had a couple. Okay, okay. Yeah. Don't remember, maybe Not as many as I'd like, but definitely. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. we'd like more. Yeah, and we have other guest news, right, Phil? Yes. Um, Going way back into the beginning of the show, uh, we had an amazing guest on. Uh, her name was Lauren Taggart, and she was um, uh, youngish at the time, and uh, she performed live. You can actually find the performance of um, her song on our channel, and we'll link mm-hmm. to that in the uh, show notes. Yeah, on YouTube. And it was incredible. It was like having... Um, Nora Jones um, in the room. I just remember, like, the just it was an incredible experience. And she's an incredible talent. And uh, she actually has been doing um, an amazing show. Um, she was hired to do um, 
Heroes, uh, Bowie, Berlin, 1976 to 1980. It's kind of a tribute um, uh, to uh, Bowie's uh, Berlin uh, period. And I believe it covers, um, I think, uh, Heroes, um, Lodger, Low. and and Low, mm -hmm. and those three albums. And uh, Lauren's been performing and going on tour with them. And I think they're going over to Europe uh, quite soon. Wow. And, uh, yeah, just an amazing stuff. She has an amazing voice, mm -hmm. an amazing presence, and the songs were just awesome. Yeah, immaculate. And, and you know, she, she, was, she did come visit us again after the pandemic um, last, yes. last year, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just, uh, just an amazing, amazing talent. And even, you know, when she started, she was so advanced in her songwriting, you know, the way she approached it, the way she could uh, analyze her songs and, you know, just an incredible talent. So definitely keep an eye on Lauren Taggart and congratulations. And uh, those are my favorite Bowie albums, actually, I think. So mm, Mine too. I do like Scary yeah. Monsters too. That's Scary Monsters good. is pretty awesome, actually. And the next day, his second last album. That's yeah. pretty fantastic. Anyway, well, yeah. and now we're, oh, and all of, and then there was that one. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, look out for Lauren Taggart. Has she done touring uh, here, Canada, or um, is there any more dates I left? I think uh, that was it, mm. as far as I know. But I'll, while you're uh, doing your <laughs> bit, I, I will see what I can find. Okay. Yeah. So we'll, we'll post other concerts that were great that are over for you later. <laughs> <laughs> well, you uh, one more, one more bit of news, for, uh, especially for professional truck drivers out there. Uh, mm -hmm. Destroyer, who are touring the States right now, uh, they are stranded somewhere at Carborough, North Carolina, after firing their driver. Apparently, their driver crashed their bus twice, and they found out that he only had three days' worth of experience. So he's been <laughs> canned. And they now need a new driver, though probably by the time we post this show, uh, either they'll have found one or they've gone home. Or else they're just doing their entire tour in uh, Carborough, North Carolina. So you have to go there to see them. Um, Which band was this? Destroyer. Destroyer. Uh, yeah, Dan Bejar, who used to be in New Pornographers, I think. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, he's also kind of Bowie-esque. So. Yes. Okay. Destroyer sounds very heavy metal, but it's not quite. It's not. Okay. No, it's very inventive. Definitely worth uh, checking out. Uh, uh, Lauren Taggart's show will be coming on October eighth, um, yeah. in twenty twenty two. That hasn't happened yet, right? Correct. Yeah, <laughs> You're not that far in the future, Phil. <laughs> you know, this I COVID know thing changes everything. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Which way does um, the calendar go these days? Forward <laughs> or backwards? Uh, that's um, that'll be in Ottawa. Okay. And then later on in that month, uh, they'll be in Montreal. And then in November, they'll be in Berlin. Oh. Any there's, there's Toronto? Toronto date? Apparently not. Uh, lots of stuff in France, Switzerland, <laughs> Belgium. <enough. laughs> no. You may be closer to that than we That's are. Exactly. <laughs> Just a hop over the pond, right? Oh, yeah, like London is closer to St. John's than Toronto is, I think. <laughs> Seems that <laughs> definitely, way. Definitely Vancouver. Definitely <laughs> closer. 
Um, all right, so let's get on with our show, shall we? Mm. And this is what we're doing tonight. Mm. Tonight, we finally are doing our first episode of the 2022 Song Talk Challenge. Last year, the challenge was to create a song with a chord progression that never changes. This year, the challenge was to write a song from um, a title. And we got a lot of suggestions from our listeners, and we settled on Why Do You Cry? That seemed to be a pretty evocative title. And so the plan is that each of us hosts will write a song based on that and then present it on the show. And then subsequent to that, uh, we're encouraging our listeners, you guys and gals, to send in your uh, challenge uh, response to Why Do You Cry? And we'll play that on a later show. Tonight, we're just going to do Neil's uh, and we'll go through the whole process and, and the uh, the maybe the, the choices he made and then backtracked and all that and maybe play a, a version that didn't quite work for him and then the final song. So, Neil, the challenge was write a song based on the title, Why Do You Cry? How mm -hmm. did that work for you? So <clears throat> I, when, I heard, when I heard the title, I thought, okay, that's, that's pretty interesting. And obviously it's got a lot of potential with that title. And um, when I was thinking earlier uh, today about how I was going to talk about this on the show tonight, um, I had a bit of a uh, revelation. And the revelation was that I think I've been lying to myself over the past five years and to everyone else. I've been lying to, I've been lying um, about my songwriting process Are because over the last five years, I've been saying that I write from titles. I always write from a title. And, and that's a good way for me to start a song. And here I was with a title, but the way that I was lying to myself over the last five years was that I, if I wrote from a title, I also had the concept. The title mm. was always actually the second thing. The first thing was the, was the idea and the, and the concept behind the story or behind the, the, the lyric. And then the title would come and then that, and the title would give me um, an anchor um, to really pin the, pin the lyrics on. So here I was with a title and no concept. <clears throat> so after some rumination, I finally came upon the idea of why do you cry might be in the context of um, an emotional discussion um, between two people, say, where um, someone is expressing that they feel sad, they feel depressed about whatever uh, kind of circumstance, and the other person isn't really willing to acknowledge or, um, or, or accept that. And, and the question that comes up is, well, why do you cry? Like, why, like, what's the big deal? You're not really depressed. You're not really, um, it's, that's, that's not, you know, your story you're telling me is nothing to be sad about. Like, what are you talking about? Right. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and that's the thing that, that, you know, in, in mental, mental health, um, uh, uh, advocates and things like that often express is that, you know, you know, as, uh, you know, when you're listening to somebody's story, you need to be able to accept their feelings on, 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 on what they're, on what they're expressing, um, as opposed to denying them <laughs> the, the, the experience, um, that, that, that they're having. Um, so, so, so that became sort of the anchoring conceptual, um, idea behind it. And, and after that, actually the, the lyric writing became fairly straightforward and, uh, and actually was, um, borrowing a little bit, um, from, uh, 
um, some of uh, Chad Shanks' workshops at his at-home songwriting um, uh, meetup group that have been that have been attending, and he 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 was talking a lot about how to write from sensory language, right? And and really put in in your especially in your verses about you know things that that address well address the senses what what you see what you hear what you taste what you um, what you feel. Um, physically, <laughs> from a tactile sense, um, and and those sort of things. So I tried to inject a little bit of that into the verses, um, and uh, and the, the the chorus came out uh, uh, pretty pretty um, easy as well. I actually, sort of did some keyword searching on the internet about um, you know uh, mental health and those sorts of issues, and and sort of came up with you know found a couple of of you know, metaphor, simile, um, type of things to give a little more imagery, um, to, to the lyric. And, uh, and, and, and that was pretty much it. I, I did, I did take it to the, the meetup, I think in February or March, uh, January. Or was it January even? Yeah, okay. Yeah, maybe cause it was January. I was there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's right. You were there. And, um, and I came away from the meetup with two pieces of, of, of valuable um, feedback. Um, one, one that was explicit and one that was a little bit implicit. Uh, the explicit one was the key change into the chorus was a little jarring and, and kind of out there and, and a little bit distracting and may want to revisit that. And the second one that was, that was kind of um, uh, implicit that I, I really came with a feeling, no one said this, but I came away with the feeling that, the and maybe it was because of the musical craziness <laughs> of the cookie change that distracted everyone from the lyric. And I felt like I needed to put a little bit more into the lyrics. So I actually wrote a third verse um, after that and put it sort of after the bridge um, and, uh, and made it sort of a, a quiet verse, like no, you know, heavy rhythm and all that stuff. And, uh, and, and, and that was, and that was pretty much it. And then, uh, but as far as the key change into the chorus, that's where I really struggled because I went through, I think, I, I mean, between the two files I'm going to uh, play tonight, um, the first version is my original version with the key change into the chorus. That's sketch two. Then I did a sketch three, a sketch four, a sketch five. And finally, my sketch six was the one that um, I, I ended up uh, as, as my final version because I wanted to do a little bit of a lift in the chorus. I wanted to make you know a bit of a key change. I tried um, going into three or four different keys and none of them sort of landed the, with the same feeling that the first one did. Can, and so sorry, I kept flipping Neil, back and forth. Can I interrupt through. for a second? What yeah. were you go? What were the, the keys? What, what were the notes you were going, the chords you were going from? So to... in, in, in the, the verses are, are centered around E minor mm -hmm. and the chorus originally went to C sharp major, which is, if you look at the circle of fifths, like we talked about on the show a, a little while ago, it's like literally clear across, which so even on that episode was saying. That, so why did you choose that key though? I, to be honest, I, I, I was writing for melody. I, I, I wrote the, I wrote the melody in the chorus first and I was hitting a G sharp and I'm like, what chord? And then what's the major chord that hits with a G sharp, C sharp major. And, and that's where I, I didn't even think about where it landed on the circle of fifths. It just sort of, my melody sort of led me there and I didn't really question it until people started, other people started saying, well, that's, it was kind of like a little bit jarring. Um, and then after that, I, 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 so I wanted to take that, that feedback seriously. So I tried, you know, going into, uh, a major and I tried going into a B major 
And, and then, um, it was actually Chad. Um, I was emailing back and forth with him getting his advice on it. And he was like, well, what if you just go to the relative major you're in E minor in the verses? What if you just go to G major in the chorus? I'm like, okay. I mean, I could try that. It's, that's not, you know, that's a perfectly valid thing to do. So I tried another version, um, going to G major because in my brain, I kept thinking I have to modulate. I have to modulate. I have to modulate going to G major. You're not really modulating. You're just going mm. from the relative minor to the relative major, not a, not a big shift. Mm-hmm but it actually allowed me to get a greater lift in my melody, which made me happy. Right. So it, it works. And, and the, the other thing that I realized is that, you know, and we've talked about this on the show before, when you write the first draft of a song, you kind of fall in love with it. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, this is, this is not what I wrote. This is what came out naturally. This is what it should be. And you listen to it over and over and over again, you're recording and you get used to hearing it that way. And then when you start doing things differently, they sound wrong. Hmm. Right, because yeah, it's because they're not because it's inherently wrong, but because it's not the same as what you're used to. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I did this version in G major, and I had to I had to literally just step away from the song for like a week, and I came back to it, and I just listened to my new version that I recorded, and I'm like, yeah, you know what, it works. And then when I listened to my old one, I'm like, that one kind of works too, but this one this one works a little bit better because the greater lift in the melody, and it it, it you know it, it's just it's just it's equally valid if not if not more um and but but chad had said something he said that when i sent him the version in in in, with the module with the key uh, from e minor g he said um it actually allowed me to focus more on the lyrics i'm like okay that's a good thing so Mm -hmm. um maybe that's the way to go and that's what ultimately convinced me that 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 was the way to go well let's take a listen to the first version with the kind of uh, the odd key change yeah. or the chord change. And, yeah. and then we'll talk a little bit more and then we'll hear the full song that yeah. you landed. And this will be um, sketch two. This is sketch two. Yeah. All right. So this is the one going to the opposite side of the circle of fifths. You're going clear across the circle. Yeah. All right. didn't seem too discordant mm-hmm. to me like it yeah and seemed... that's what i felt when i wrote it too i didn't it didn't feel like it was too but I, everyone got the meetup kept telling me that <laughs> hmm. they're so conventional yeah sometimes that might have been um because you know it's just a demo but if you had like um little sort of guitar hooks on your a7 going between the the bits you could actually there'd be enough sort of interest so it wouldn't sound maybe quite so as jarring. 
Yeah, and I remember you telling me that I think at the at the second meetup or something. I don't know the second time I shared it or something like that. And and and, and I, I I I I couldn't make that work. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't find something that that really satisfied me in that room. I was like, ah, nah. <laughs> good idea, but I can't make it work. What's the turnaround? What do you like from the uh, end of the verse? There's two chords before you go into the into the chorus. And yeah, is, like, is it the um, same in both, or what? What was it in this version? In this version, I think I wrote, I think on the sheet, I only wrote it as an A7, but it's actually, there's actually two chords there. It's A7 and I think probably a B7. Okay. Um, and then mm -hmm. it goes up to the C sharp, right? So right. it's just kind of going up, up the scale. Um, right. Or maybe, or maybe an E7, perhaps. I don't know. Um, I think <clears throat> E7 is what you ended up with, right? On, on the final? Uh, yeah, on the final, an E and a D. Mm -hmm. To then go to the G, so we end up on the end up on the dominant. Now, if you're putting in a, like a, a transition like that, you're going from what you said an A7 to B7 and then to a C sharp. Yeah, I think that was it. Do, doesn't that work though? Doesn't that sort of take you around the wheel? Well, and and that was the idea. That was that was the way to bridge the transition, right? So because to, going to from sort of soften, a, a B minor to a, a an A an A7, that that works, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Phil, your music guy, is that, am I wrong about that? Um, it can. Um, it depends on how you handle it and, you know, I mean, theoretically it works. Right. Um, but it's, you know, there's some stuff that works really fine when you just have like a voice and a guitar. And when you have just voice and a guitar or just a voice and a piano with not a lot of accompaniment, it may be a little bit tough to do that kind of a change. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But um, with other stuff that you might be able to do it with, you know, when you listen to a modern production, there's like lots of leads and harmonies and um, uh, guitar signatures mm. throughout the piece. So, but, but um, if it's a good song, shouldn't it, shouldn't it be able to stand alone with one voice and one instrument? Or just um, a rhythm instrument? Depends on I the do, genre of music, I think. Yeah. I mean, there's songs that are played in jazz that require the bouncing back and forth between instruments mm -hmm. to make it work, you know, that, and then other songs that work quite fine. Yeah. As you say, voice and piano. Yeah. And really, I mean, this is a singer-songwriter song. It's not, I can't see it anywhere else, any other mm -hmm. way. It's not jazz. It's not. <laughs> All right. Well, let, let's hear the, the final the, yeah. the version that you landed on. And yeah. uh, aside from that change, is there anything else that we should be listening for that you, you're particularly pleased with? Um, I'm, I'm pleased with the, with the guitar solo that I wrote on my keyboard <laughs> and performed on my keyboard. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, yeah. Other than that, I mean, you know, additionally in this, there's a bridge. And of course the bridge is lyrically stripped down a very, very simple. Mm -hmm. Um, literally two words in, in the bridge and then um, and then a fine and then a, a soft verse and a chorus out so it's it's pretty pretty conventional song in in that regard and um yeah and and actually the, the the interesting thing too is when when i when i do these alternative versions of the chorus i was very keen on keeping my melody shapes the same because i liked my melody and i feel like i said i was, mm -hmm. I was driven by melody and that's what led me to the key change in the first place so i wanted to keep at least the general shape of the melody the same the rhythm of it the same 
and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I still managed to do, you know, my thing and borrowed a few chords in the chorus, um, from different parts of the circle. Of this. <laughs> um, and, uh, just, 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 just as a sort of uh, passage in the middle and then, and then bring back to the, to the bass thing. So it's, um, I still managed to get my, my quirky chord choices in there somewhere. All right. Well, so this let's took take a lot of work though. Yeah. What's that? This took, took a lot, a lot of, work. of work. There was a lot of sketches and a lot of. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I don't know. That's not, that's not unusual for me. I don't. Yeah. I, I've, I often, I didn't usually don't share anything, but until the final song, right. But I go through versions and I, and I do, and I do save, you know, MP3s and stuff of, of earlier, of, of, of earlier versions just to keep track of how things, how things progressed. So it's always an interesting, always an interesting progression. Well, let's take a listen to the, the final version and we'll, we'll right. talk a bit more about it. Sure. Too light to bear 
Thank you, Neil. Thank you. Very the the new change sounds either Beatlesque or Bowie-esque. That little mm. turnaround, very okay. interesting. Uh, very cool. Though I got when I hear the chorus, the second line, but it's hard to stand up when you melt. I keep hearing the the melody go a different place than you go. Uh, oh, uh, I, I, I like that. That's my favorite part of the song, actually. The oh, yeah. just in some ways, it's my favorite you're part. You're melting of the song, like ice. Yeah, but you go somewhere else with it, like the uh, the change up the rhythm of the line or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's then and, and that's that that line has been and the rhythm of that line has been the same since the beginning, mm-hmm. and the shape of that melody has been the same since the beginning. And and in some ways, yeah, it is it is my favorite part of the song too because it's a little bit yeah it's a little bit unexpected, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Phil, did you ever you try? Did you ever try going from not going through the E and the D, but just going right to the G? Yeah, didn't like it. I, I, it? I think I might have, but I, I, I knew I needed some little bit of. Actually, it, now now that I'm not making the key change, maybe that would have worked. But did you want the space there, or did you want the transition? I, I wanted the space. I mean, but that doesn't mean that it has to go through chord changes necessarily i guess like like you're saying phil if you have some kind of a riff or something there then that, that yeah. maybe changes it but yeah you think you think that would strengthen it like i, I feel i feel like those those two the e7 and the d7 kind of build the momentum into the chorus i think on our um sort of just the two chords like that sound a little bit bare mm. um so it's, and I don't, because the two, um, because the two core, uh, the two keys don't necessarily require that much of, um, a, a journey. Yeah. True um, that. but I mean, there might be, if there was some kind of, uh, melody line or, or, you know, um, look like, you know, think about, uh, you know, more than a feeling, um, by Boston, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the da, 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 da. that's got a whole sort of hook and that's sort of, yes. that's what they always call the hook. You know, the people mm-hmm. go, you know, all kind of, so mm-hmm. that's actually a good spot to do that if you want to have it. Mm, okay. Um, something to consider there. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, something else, cause it's a really interesting, uh, chord pattern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but you know, it one of the great things about the new uh, tools that we have is in most DAWs you can set up blocks, and then you can do different versions of your songs by like leaving certain blocks out or repeating yes. blocks, and it's a real fast way of getting a sense of how different things work. Mm-hmm. And it's been really helpful for me because sometimes I'm going, you know, I always do the first chorus, first chorus, bridge, first chorus, end. And sometimes I've been going, you know, is that too long? And a couple of times, you know, um, I've used those tools to do a version of the song without the last verse, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
you don't necessarily have. So it's just a, a way of being able to sort of like listen to it and just go, okay, does this work or does this not work? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and sometimes actually playing a song, you're too much in it to be able to be, um, uh, objective, objective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. the word. Yeah, well, totally yeah, that's what I was talking about before. It, it, it is a hard thing, and, 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 and you're right. I mean, we have those tools as well. I can do arrangements and do that. I have to separate that two-bar thing as a separate section, and then I can yeah. jump <laughs> over uh, it. <laughs> I'd forgotten you could do that. I, I just did a, a re-edit on my song, and I copied it and went through and took out bits. I could have just yeah. done it through that uh, arrangement manager. Mm-hmm. Nah. Well, because sometimes, like, you're not sure if it works or not, mm-hmm. you know? yeah. Yeah, and sometimes similar. they're both sort of okay. Like they're not, ones are not necessarily better than the other. You're just trying to figure out which one you, you like better. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very true. It's a very easy way to just test things really quickly. Like yeah. for this song, I never actually did a save as on the on the cakewalk section, session. Mm-hmm. I just started doing extra tracks of like muting, muting the old ones and then re-recording that little bit and, and doing the key oh, change. Okay, yeah. that key change. And I had like... I had like so many tracks that eventually it just it got it's got it's got too much like it's too confusing. <laughs> yeah, it's like which version was that again? Jeez, because <laughs> that changed the baseline. That changed. Yeah, uh, everything yeah. Part, right. Uh, so what are you doing with it now? Um, we we talked about the one of the benefits or one of the ideals of doing the song talk challenges that you should really seek to adhere to the challenge. They they they're. they're the um, the restrictions of the challenge mm-hmm. because that the the challenge is what is the the value of it to be to push you into places where you might not normally go or not feel comfortable but mm-hmm. then once you've written the song once you've done that then you can go okay well I, I like what this is but I want to try something different to it so where are you taking this song from well, now well on? first off let, let me say that the challenge I mean in, in in the sense that I wouldn't have written written a song necessarily about this topic had had that title not been plopped in front of me. Mm-hmm. So there is that. Um, it, 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 it certainly, certainly, there's nothing I would change that would take it out of side of the parameters of the challenge. Even it's just the title. I'm not going to mm-hmm. change the title. Um, so yeah, I mean, in, in this case, um, as was last year's. I mean, once I finally landed on something that I was happy with for last year's challenge. I kept it like that, that. That was the final version. I didn't you didn't feel the need it. to add a few more chords for a bridge or anything. No, no, I didn't. I didn't. Um, I didn't feel like adding anything then. I, I don't feel like. I don't feel I want. I want to take this much further. I, I'm. I'm curious to try you know, your suggestion, Phil, and 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 play with that transition a little bit, and see if it can be a little bit smoother, even. Yeah, or just different. Yeah. No um, question. I wanted to ask you, um, you mm-hmm. fellows. Um, so. Neil, you've often talked about, you know, tying the style of music or the uh, the emotion of the song to the lyrics. And yep. so why do you cry in general seems like it would be sort of a downer kind of uh, song. When you were working on your songs, was that something you sort of thought of beforehand? I, I was deliberate about making the music upbeat and, and the melodies, it, the, the melodies kind of fall in between somewhere, but I mean, I mean, Bruce used to talk about this on, on the show. He called it lifting the curse, right? Where you've got, yeah, a sad lyric and a, and a, and a sad idea. And, and you don't want to do that as like a dirge. Like you don't want to do it as a slow tempo, 
you know, longing song because it's just, it just gets too dark then, right? So yeah. I thought mm-hmm. to myself, I mean, there's, I can name a billion songs where the lyric is dark and the, and the music is not, right? <clears throat> so to me, that, that's, that's, I mean, yeah, in a prosody sense, it's maybe a, a, a tension, a conflict, but, um, but I, I was very um, adamant about it's going to be up-tempo or at least a medium-tempo and it's not, I mean, the, um, the, I, I wanted like the, the, like the first verse starts out, I'm, I'm staring out the window, sun shining bright, it sparkles on, on snow. It sounds like it's, you know, it's a nice scene, mm-hmm. but the, the final line of the, of the chorus, the only light inside, that's where the melody pitches down the only light inside, like it really goes down. And that was deliberate as well to sort of pitch that melody so it's not like an uplifting melody it's actually something that that pulls the listener into a darker space and as well at the end of the chorus the why do you cry like it's way down there Mm -hmm. right so that was a deliberate choice as well so it is it it has that element of yeah it's it's upbeaten and and moving but some of my melody shapes i wanted them to make sure that they landed um with that that darker emotion attached to it Hopefully. <laughs> Did you find that challenging when you have such kind of upbeat and major chords uh, mm-hmm. a lot of the time to sing against that and also to just have a mood that went against the kind of the musical vibe? Yeah, I don't I, I, I don't know if it was a challenge as much as it was just done with intention. Right. I don't think um, I don't think I struggled with it. I was just, it was just like, this is what I want. And that's what I got. And that was kind of it. (laughs) Okay. How about you, Michael? Have you been thinking about um, the, uh, you know, the tone of the music, whether or not to keep it sort of down and sad or. Um, For this particular challenge, uh, not really. um, Because, um, well, I was, First of all, I was just trying to get a, a good melody and trying to make it work with the, the chords. And I, I had a few scraps that I kept piecing together in different orders until I found something that was pleasing. But the uh, uh, lyrical content isn't as down as, uh, as, this, uh, as Neil's topic. Mm-hmm. So uh, I didn't feel the, the need for that. Like I didn't run into that issue. But do you think if you did write a down lyric, you'd want more down music? Um, well, I used to spend a lot of time writing, you know, minor chord songs. So I've always pushed against that. Uh, and the same and same thing with I, I don't write too many uh, negative lyrics either. Um, I don't mind writing about negative subjects, but always trying to have a, a sense of humor about it or, or mm-hmm. a, a take on it that is a bit more... Uh, I don't know, sanguine. Hmm. Uh, but in this particular challenge, um, it, the it, why do you cry? I was the uh, was more about well, why are you whining? Yeah. So it isn't quite a negative. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. you know, so it's it's a little more. Um, there's a bit more. There's a bit more of a push to it. <laughs> so, is the name of your song "Why Do You Cry?" in brackets? I'll give you something to cry about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's what we grew up with. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Jeez. Yeah. But um. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise, I'm pretty happy with where we landed. I think. 
Have you dealt with the lyric part of yours yet, Phil? I have. I've been um, got Ooh. bits and pieces of it um, together and trying to figure out whether or not to go upbeat or downbeat or... Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of fun. Side beats. Do a side, side beat. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Yeah. Well, good luck with that, Phil. We will hear it in about a month. So that's yeah. our plan. We, we've heard Neil's tonight. We'll have a special mm -hmm. guest next week. And then the following week, I will have my song and uh, the process and all of the blind alleys I went down. Mm -hmm. And then another guest and then Phil's. So we'll be dragging this out for the next month or so. <laughs> sure. And then we get to our listeners' songs. And then we get some, yeah, the really good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry, but that's all the time we have tonight on Song Talk Radio. So thank you very much for joining us. Please send us your impressions of this show to Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at, to at Song Talk Radio, or send us an email at feedback at songtalk.ca. And also be sure to check out our YouTube channel for live performance videos, full episodes, us talking in little boxes, etc., etc., etc. And you can stop by the site, of course, at songtalk.ca. And be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We need those subscriptions. Otherwise, uh, we starve. Um, subscribe today to the Song Talk Radio podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher.com, Spotify, or Podcast Addict. And don't forget to sign up for our free newsletter at songtalk.ca. And you can find the links to all the products, books, and web services that we mentioned on Song Talk Radio also on our resources page at songtalk.ca. And please feel free to join us at our next Song Talk meetup next month. It's free to join on meetup.com, and it's free to attend the meetup. And people from around the world join. They bring their songs in, they play, they get feedback, and then they offer feedback on your song. It's a great kind of songwriter uh, resource to have and a lot of fun. So stop by songtalk.ca for the link to the meetup. If you want any more of us, you can find uh, me at Proudfoot420 on Instagram. Neil, where might you be found on this media world? Might be found at neilmody.com. Wonderful. And Phil, where might we find you? philemory.ca Perfect. And please stop by the website at songtalk.ca to browse past shows and find out how you might be a guest. And please keep on writing. We want to hear what you got. Good night. Good night, everyone. So long. I wrote it, actually. I wanted to write a song with the bells. I realized I'd never written a song with a cowbell, so I'm going to just <laughs>